Excuse me, Psalms 37. Excuse me, Psalms 107. I'll get it right in a minute. Psalms 107, go to verse 28. Psalms 107, verse number 28. I want to read to you three verses here, 28 through 30. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you about five principles of powerful prayer. Listen to what it says in verse 28. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. How many of you have ever been in trouble? How many of you have ever been in a crisis situation? We talked a little bit about a crisis situation. Uh, I guess it was Wednesday night. And we said, you know you're in a crisis situation um, when you can't fix the problem that you've encountered. You can't. Uh, get your way out of whatever you're in uh, by your ability, by your power. That's when you know you're in trouble. That's when you know that you are in a crisis. And the psalmist said that that's the time to cry unto the Lord. Can you save into that? Now, let me tell you why. Because God can do much more than we can do. God is able by His power to help us in the midst of our trouble. Now, does that mean we only cry unto the Lord in times of trouble? Absolutely not. Uh, we want to talk to God regularly uh, because it is a privilege we have, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I just want you to know, in times of trouble, in times of crisis, you can and you should cry unto the Lord. Now, watch this. And He bringeth them... Out of their distresses, out of their troubles, he maketh the storm a calm so that the waves are still. Do you ever feel as though life is beating you to death? Just like the waves on a stormy sea tosses the ship to and fro, sometimes it feels as though in our lives we are being beat to death by the waves of life. I think that's the picture he's painting here. It says that God has the power to calm the storm. How many know the same Jesus who spoke to the storm on the pages of Scripture is the same Jesus we serve today? Same one. See, I want you to know, he hadn't got sick and he hadn't got old. He's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. He is still able to do uh, what only he can do, what we can't. He can still the storm. Then he says in verse 30, then are they glad because they be quiet. How many of you need some quietness? Some peace? A stilling of spirit? So he bringeth them into their desired haven. I believe with everything in me. Psalms 107 verses 28 through 30 is a perfect picture of prayer. And God answering that prayer. Let us pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for who you are and for what you've done. Lord, I'm so thankful that you've been with us today. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Without your presence, nothing that is effective can be done. Lord, we can go through the motions in our ability, but we need your power 
uh, to change hearts and change lives. And we're asking you to do just that this morning. Speak to hearts, change lives. Do only what you are able to do in this place this morning. If there be one here that's lost, would you save them? If there be one here that's in a backslidden condition, would you bring them back to yourself? Lord, whatever is needed in these services today, would you have your way and your will, Holy Spirit? We allow you to do just what you want to do. This is not about us. Lord, it's all about you this morning. Have your way, have your will, we pray. Lord, speak to me and speak through me. Be with me in this presentation as you've been with me in my preparation. And Lord, we're going to give you praise for it, for you are the only one worthy in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. Um, back before Christmas, me and my wife changed cell phone providers. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but when we got our first bill, we had a problem. I mean, a very big problem. Back before Christmas, we went out to the, to the cell phone store and, and we got us a plan and signed a two-year contract and they told me what the price was going to be. And so uh, um, we agreed on that and bought some new phones and, and we were expecting one price, but I can tell you at the end of January when we got our first bill, we got a completely different price. Uh, I mean, it wasn't even in the same ballpark price. I mean, it was about three times more than what we had agreed on when we signed the contract in early December. So I knew something was wrong. So I got on the phone and I called up my cell phone provider and a young lady answered the phone by the name of Brenda. And Brenda was a very nice young lady, uh, had the sweetest voice you've ever heard. And she said, sir, how can I help you? And I began telling her my situation, what I was told I would have to pay, what I signed the contract for, uh, and what was going on when I got my bill. And so she looked at everything and uh, worked with me the best way that she could. And after about 10 minutes on the phone, she said, Sir, I am so sorry, but there's no way I can help you. Um, that's just part of the contract. I said, well, I guess I should have read the fine print. And she laughed and she said, yeah, we all need to read the fine print from time to time. And so Brenda uh, told me, she said, there's nothing more I can do for you. I said, is there anybody there that can do something for me? Uh, because I really wasn't expecting to have to pay this every month. And she said, well, I'll tell you what, let me let you talk to my floor manager. And so she let me talk to her floor manager. And a young man by the name of Adam got on the phone. And Adam starts telling me uh, pretty much the same thing that Brenda had told me after I told him my story. Very nice young man, did everything he could to help me. And, and finally, Adam said, look, he said, I wish I could. He said, but there's just nothing I can do about your bill, not on my level. And I said, well, how about somebody above your level? Is there somebody else that I might could talk to to kind of uh, move this along and get it going? He said, uh, yeah, I can let you talk to my supervisor. Uh, so I went from Brenda to Adam to Jessica. Jessica gets on the phone. And Jessica, and I, by this time, I've already been on the phone about 30 minutes, 30, 35 minutes. And, and so Jessica gets on the phone. And she says, sir, how can I help you? And, and I start telling her the same thing I told the other two. And she said, well, let me see what I can do. Uh, let me talk to the one above me. Let, let me try to see if I can get this figured out for you. So she puts me on hold. Five minutes later, she comes back. She says, Mr. Price, we are so sorry. Let me tell you what we're going to do. I, I've got you um, refunded the money that was uh, on your bill. Now, it's three times more than what I was uh, su uh, supposed to pay. A lot of money we're talking about. A lot of money for me anyway. And so she said, I'm going to give you refund all that money back to you, credit it to your account. And I've also put you on a better plan, a plan that will help you, a plan that you really need that's actually going to be cheaper than what you signed up for to begin with. And I said, praise Jesus for Jessica. 
And I said, ma'am, I am so very thank you, thankful. Thank you for what you've done here. I appreciate you putting up with me. We hung up the phone. And, and let me tell you something I figured out in that. When you've got a problem, you need to talk to somebody who has the power to fix the problem. And, and Jessica was the one. Now let me tell you something. I like Brenda. And I like Adam. We, we got, struck up a conversation. We talked about the weather where they were, where the weather were. We just had a good time talking there while we were talking on the phone. But what I figured out, there was, Jessica was the only one who had the power to fix what was going on. So the next time I call my cell phone provider, guess who I'm asking for? I'm going straight to the top. I'm, I'm going to bypass all of that other and I'm going straight to the one who can help me. You say, well, brother, what in the world does that have to do with us here this morning? And what does that have to do with prayer? Well, I think it has everything to do with it. How many of you know, by the grace of God, the children of God can go straight to the top? You can speak to the one who has the power to fix your problem, whatever that problem might be. Listen to me, folks. I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. One of the great privileges of a pastor is to pray with you. But what I am so thankful for, all of us who have been born again into the family of God can go straight to the top anytime we need to. We can make our petitions known before the Lord. We can come before the throne of grace boldly. Wow. It's amazing. Do you realize you can talk to the one who made trees? The one who spoke the stars into the heavens? The one who created the blue skies, all you've got to do when you get ready to is talk to him. It don't have to be in a church service. It certainly can be. But it can be anywhere you are at any time. You can speak unto the Lord. I want to give you this morning two truths concerning prayer. And then we're going to talk about five principles of powerful prayer. And we probably ain't going to get done with all that this morning. We'll get as far as we can though. How's that? All right. Number one, uh, prayer is a privilege of the sons and daughters of God. Who are the sons and daughters of God? Well, I don't believe in universalism. I don't believe that we are all God's children, even though we all came here by God's creative power. The Bible says plainly, if you've trusted in Jesus, you're a child of God. And if you've not yet trusted in Jesus, you are not a child of God. That really, when you boil it all down to the least common denominator among men, there's only two types of people. Those who have trusted in Christ and those who have not yet trusted in Christ. Well, I've got some good news for both groups. If you're here this morning and you've trusted in Jesus by faith, you've been born again into the family of God, you now have the privilege of coming to the Lord in prayer. And if you've not yet trusted in Jesus, today's the day. You're in a good place. The same Jesus who has saved me can and will save you. Amen. But I want you to notice something from the Word of God in 1 John chapter 3. A promise that we have here. 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. If you have your Bibles, please turn there with me. First John chapter 5, excuse me, verses 14 and 15. Watch this. The Bible says it plainly. John here is writing to the church. He's writing to the beloved, to the born again. He says, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Now, if you believe God's Word says to be true, say amen to that. 
That means if we ask anything of our Heavenly Father in accordance to His will, He hears our prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but that excites me. When I'm praying, I'm not just praying out of obligation. I'm not just praying to hear my own self talk. I'm praying because I know the God who has the power to answer my prayers is listening. And how do I know that? Because I feel like it? No. Not always. I'm going to tell you, your feelings will fool you. Don't trust in just what you feel. Trust what you know to be true. God's Word is truth. And so when God's Word says, God hears me when I pray, I believe that. You must, do, you must believe it as well. And so we need to know prayer is a privilege of the sons and daughters of God. I, I was uh, in the mall just the other day, um, Friday as a matter of fact. Um, I took my yearly trip to the mall. That's about all I can stand, huh? I'm not a shopper, I'm telling you. Anybody who knows me knows that. Um, those little benches out in the middle of the mall, those great big wooden benches, they made that for people like me. Because that's where I stay when we go shopping. Because me and my wife can't shop together. We shop too differently. Now, when I go shopping, let me tell you what I do. I know what I'm going for. I know what I need. I know my size. I can go in in about five minutes, get what I need, and I can be out. Sometimes I try them on if I feel like it. Sometimes I don't. All I need is a pair of pants that'll button. That's it. If it'll button, I'm good with it. So when I know I need a pair of pants, I just go get it. But my wife has something totally different. You know what I'm talking about, guys. We go in and she tries on a dress in the first uh, store that we go in. And she uh, asks me, honey, how's the dress look? I say, baby, the dress looks fantastic. And by the way, that's always the right answer. <laughs> it's not multiple choice. It's not true or false. There's no other option. Guys, just say it looks absolutely fantastic. So that's what I tell her. Looks great, and it does. Anything I've saw her put on looks pretty good to me. So listen, I want you to know, I tell her that. She looks at the dress. I look at the dress. We like the dress. I don't know, babe. I, I think we'll look at somewhere else. All right, let's go look somewhere else. So we go to the next store, and she tries on 15 dresses. And while she's trying on the 15 dresses, she makes the, uh, finally the decision that she don't like any of those 15 dresses. I think I like the first dress I tried on in the first store all the way across the mall. So guess what we do? Four hours later, we go all the way back across the mall and buy the dress that we tried on in the first 10 minutes. Brothers and sisters, that's why I sit on the bench. Now let me tell you what happened. You add me and my wife together and you put three kids in the mix and we go on Easter shopping for Easter clothes? You talking about torment. Oh my goodness. More than I can stand. So we're there Friday. We're in JCPenney's. There's kids running buck wild everywhere. Not just mine. All kind of kids everywhere. Hiding in clothes racks, standing on the tables, hollering for mama. Mama! Mother! Hey, mom, mama, 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 mother. That's all I'm hearing. Everywhere I'm hearing mamas. I know some of them are not my kids. <laughs> but very faintly, I've been talking about way off in the distance, over there looking at some toys, I hear little Ellie Grace. And she says, you know how she is. It's a little sweet Ellie Grace. Hey, mom, I can barely hear it. Brandy perks up. 
all the way across the store. She heard that baby almost at a whisper. Everybody else yelling mama. She's steady looking through clothes. That baby hollered just like that she heard. Now why is that? Is it because she don't care about the rest of those kids? I can promise you know my wife, you know she loves babies. She loves all them chillings, I can promise you. But let me tell you this. When her baby called, there was special access. She had an ear for her child that only a mama can have. Mamas, would you agree with that? Daddies, we, we know a little bit about that, but I'm just using mama because there's such a special bond between mamas and their babies. Now the same is true for God the Father. If you are His child this morning, you have special access. When you choose to pray, He chooses to listen according to His truth. So prayer is a privilege of the sons and daughters of God. Prayer, though, is a necessity for everybody, number two. Now what do I mean by that? See, if you're here today and you've been born again, you are a child of God, we've already saw that prayer is a privilege for you and you need it, and we'll see why in just a moment. But if you're here this morning and you're lost, prayer is also a necessity for you. Let me tell you why. God does have a plan for your life. God does have a purpose for your life. But that plan and that purpose cannot be realized until you become a part of His family. If you believe it, say amen today. Romans 10, 13 says it like this. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now I'm hearing a lot of these guys today talking about there's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. And you know what? They're right. But the Bible does say that if you call upon the Lord, He'll save you. The only way I know of calling on anybody is by talking to Him. And how do we talk to God? Through prayer. So I'm telling you this, you can be born again if you will only trust in Jesus, ask Him to save you, forgive you of your sins. You today can be born again into God's family. I can promise you, prayer is a necessity for you. You can miss hell and gain heaven if you'll trust in Christ. Amen? Now the prayer didn't save me, Jesus saved me, but now listen to me. That prayer was the vehicle by which I uh, uh, announced my faith in Christ. The prayer is not as much for God as it is for me. Amen? It's the time when I know I've placed my trust in Jesus. Amen? So prayer is a necessity for the lost, but prayer is certainly a necessity for the saved. Are you getting me? Let me tell you why. Prayer, first of all, brings deliverance. You go back and you read in the book of Exodus, chapter number 14, and you'll find the story of Moses and the children of Israel who have just been released from their bondage in Egypt by the power of the blood. Can you say amen? And they're on their way to the promised land. And they get right to the banks of the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's coming up behind them with his great army. There's a mountain range on each side and the Red Sea's in the front of them. And so they are trapped in by the land around them and Pharaoh behind them. And if you go over and you see, uh, the Bible says that Moses, in, in verse number 15 of Exodus 14, cried out unto the Lord. Just like the psalmist wrote about in Psalms 107. 
Just like some of us have done throughout our lives when we just cry out unto the Lord and God, I need you. And that's what Moses did. And in that moment, God by his power used Moses to split the Red Sea and the children of God walked across kicking up dust. Deliverance came by the power of prayer. It happened in the Old Testament, but praise God, it happens in the New Testament. Go over and read in the book of Acts when Peter uh, was imprisoned by Herod. And the Bible says that Herod was going about to vex certain in the church. And at that time, Peter was the pastor of the first church in Jerusalem. And God was using Peter in a fantastic way. So he imprisons Peter. And in the morning, the Bible says he was going to put him to death. But that night, the church prayed without ceasing. And in the middle of the night, miraculously, an angel came and delivered Peter from the prison. Deliverance came when God's people prayed. You go over and you look in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas was at the, in Philippi preaching the gospel. The Bible says that the people arrested them there. They beat them, laid many stripes upon their back and threw them into the inner prison, the inner dungeon. And the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And what happened? By a miraculous work that only God could do, an earthquake shook the prison. Not only did it shake the doors loose and open, it shook off. The shackles that were on their hands and feet. Deliverance came when God's people prayed. Do you need deliverance today? It's available. Does your family members need deliverance today? It's available. Listen to me. The same God who answered prayers in the pages of Scripture is the same God we have this morning. Deliverance comes through prayer. Let me share with you something else. Direction. It's provided when we choose to pray. How many of you believe God's way is the best way? Do you remember me telling you that in 1 John chapter 5, it said that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us? I'm okay with God's will being performed in my life. Let me tell you why. Because God loves me like nobody else loves me. God knows me like nobody else knows me. And the one who knows me best and loves me most will always orchestrate whatever needs to be orchestrated in my life to fulfill His plan and His purpose. And if He loves me best and knows me best, then His will will always be the best way. So I want God's direction. And I've come to find out that many times if I don't pray and seek God, I'll miss His direction. I'll tell you this. The reason I'm at Mount Zion Baptist Church this morning as your pastor is because in a moment of prayer and quiet time, just getting along with the Lord, He spoke to my heart and told me it was time to leave where I was. I know God will direct us if we're ready to listen to His direction. So if you want God's best, if you want God's will, 
to be performed in your life. Don't you want that, guys? I don't care if you want it, but I'll tell you this, you need it. You need it, you may not even know you need it, but I know you need it. Everybody else sitting here knows you need it. And you can have it when you pray and seek God's face. Jesus said it like this, Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Ask and you shall receive. God is not hiding from us. If you want to know what God wants for you, get on your face and grab a hold of the altar of God and don't let go to God gives you an answer. Get serious about this praying thing. You want to know what your next decision is? Pray about it. You want to know where God wants you? Pray about it. Your next business decision, whatever the case may be, pray about it. God will give you direction. Deliverance comes through praying. Direction is provided through praying. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16, if you go over and look, had plans of going into Asia and preaching the gospel. But God directed him otherwise. He brought him to Philippi, thereby bringing the gospel to Europe. And because Paul brought the gospel to Europe, now sitting here in America, we have the gospel. Prayer not only brings deliverance, provides direction. Prayer is discipleship. You see, a disciple is a follower of Christ. You cannot tell me you are following Jesus if, you, if your prayer life is non-existent. Because every time I look on the pages of Scripture, let me share this with you. Jesus is praying. Over and over and over, when you look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as he walked upon this earth, let me tell you what he did. Every time he went to a new place, J. Vernon McGee says it like this, he looked for the mountain. The mountain was that solitary place where he got along with the Lord and received the direction he needed to fulfill God's will. Now, if Jesus needed to pray, don't you think we needed to? We need to. Absolutely. He is the one that shows us how we are to live if we are his disciple, if we're following him. Oswald Chambers put it best. I like how he says it. He said that prayer does not equip us for the greater work. It is the greater work. E.M. Bounds, the great Christian writer uh, who wrote several books on prayer, says the greatest thing we can do for God or man is to pray. <laughs> Listen, folks, that's the truth right there. You know what I believe? I believe when we get concerned enough for our lost loved ones to start praying for them, I believe the Holy Spirit of God starts convicting their heart. I've seen it happen. The greatest thing you can do for your church is to pray for it. The greatest thing you can do for your pastor is to pray for it. The greatest thing, listen, listen to me now, you can do for your Sunday school teacher, pray for him, pray for her, whatever the case may be. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Every morning at 9 o'clock, we've set aside a time, we say, we're going to pray. Why? Because we believe in the power of prayer. Whew. Prayer is certainly a privilege, but it's one that's neglected far too much among the people of God. Adrian Rogers says the only thing outside the possibility of prayer is what is outside the will of God. Wow. I believe God wants to do big things, can do big things, and will do big things. But we have not, for we ask not. We got to pray.
The first principle of prayer is adoration. You see it in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 9. Jesus is teaching his disciples and us to pray. And he says, Father, hallowed be thy name. He shows respect and he shows honor, adoration to God the Father. To adore something means that we deeply love that someone or that something. We deeply respect that person if we adore them. Now, how many of you know, I think if we can just get a right view of who God is... Adoration will not be our problem. <laughs> we will not have a problem adoring God if we can see Him as the God of the Bible on the pages of Scripture. Do you know the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 14 that God spoke and the lights in the night sky came into being? Just by the spoken word of God. This morning I've brought just a few pictures that I want to show you that we have received in recent years from the Hubble Space Telescope. Brother, do you have them ready for me? Let's put the first one up on the screen this morning. Let me show you this. This is a spiral galaxy that's not uh, really too far from us. Actually, one of our neighbors in, uh, as far as space, space is concerned, it's only about 20 million light years away. Now, a light year is how we measure distance in space. It's how far light can travel um, in one year. And, and so 20 million light years from here is this spiral galaxy, and it's named M106. Now, I want you to think that the God of the Bible is so big that He spoke and that happened. The vastness of our universe boggles the mind. Look at the next one. This is called the Hickson Compact Group number 92. Um, excuse me, that, that one is called NGC 3521. It's 40 million light years away. Uh, but uh, show the, the next one. This is my favorite one. This is a cluster of galaxies, a quintet of galaxies uh, called group number 92 that also came back from the Hubble Space Telescope. Now, folks, the Bible says God spoke and that took place. The, the Bible says in Psalms 8 and verse number 3 that the stars in the heavens are the handiwork of God. The, the Bible says in Psalms 19 and 1 that the heavens declare the glory of God the Father. I mean, that is just His handiwork. It says there in Psalms 8, it's the works of His fingers. Well, if that's what God does with His fingers, I wonder what He can do with His whole hand. Do you believe God's great? That's pretty weak. Do you believe God's great? Now let me share this with you. We know God's great. Creation reveals that to us. We know God is good. Christ reveals that to us. The God who spoke and the galaxies came into existence is the same Heavenly Father who put His Son on the cross so I could know Him. God is truly great. Oh, but listen, folks. He's really good. He's done for us what we couldn't do. Now, if we can get that view of God, adoration won't be our problem. 
when you pray, adore God. Tell him how good he is. Tell him how great he is. Because he's worthy of our praise. Can you say amen to that? Let me give you one more and I'm done. Confession. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sin hinders your prayer. Sin hinders my prayer. I've told you before, the child of God cannot break his relationship with God the Father because we are bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. But the child of God can break fellowship with your heavenly Father. And sin is the way we break fellowship with the God who loves us dearly. And sin will hinder your prayer life. And so if there's one thing we need to do, not only do we adore God through our praying, but listen to me, folks. We confess sin that might hinder the prayers that we're praying. David did that. You go back and read in Psalm 51, he said, Lord, if there be any wicked way within me, reveal it so I can confess it. Confession is all about us coming into agreement with what God says. God, you're right. I've missed it. I'm wrong. I confess my sin to you. And the Bible says when we do that, he'll forgive us. He'll put us in right fellowship because we have relationship. Are you getting me? Adoration and confession. That's our first two. We'll look at three more tonight. Everybody stand together. Now, this is your invitation. If you're here today and you're lost, Jesus hears the prayer of repentance for every lost sinner who prays it. If you choose to trust Him by faith, today He'll save you. The Bible says, listen to me now, whosoever shall call on Him, shall be saved. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. Jesus is able today to forgive you of your sins, save you, change you, give you purpose, give you peace, give you power to go out and be what He's called you to be. It's amazing. I'm telling you, if I had a thousand lives, I'd give them all to Jesus. I'm so thankful today He saved me. I've never regretted the decision I made to trust in Christ as Savior. And I'll promise you, you won't either if you'll trust Him today. If you're here today and you're a child of God, suppose I've already been saved, let me share this with you. Are you going through struggles, troubles, storms? Do you need the Lord to quiet your soul? Well, the psalmist did too. He said, I cried unto the Lord. And he stilled my storm. Maybe this message was for you. Maybe you need your storm stilled. Maybe today you just need to cry out to the Lord. Get along with him. Hey, you can do it in this altar. I'd love to pray with you or pray for you. You can do it right where you're at, but do it. Man, do business with God in this time of invitation. You need to be baptized? We can baptize you. We got a baptistry. I love to fill that sucker up. We can do that. Whatever you need today, 
be submissive to the will of God. If you figured out this is where God wants you to serve, well, let's come get busy. We need you. We want you. God can use you right here. See, what I'm trying to say is this. If you have not been saved, come let me help you. I'll help you by giving you the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I can't save you, but I can tell you how and who can. <laughs> but if you have been saved, won't you come help us? Let's get busy together serving Jesus. Whatever you need this morning, this is your invitation.